You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a Bible doctrine series by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Eight disciplines that will produce a godly life is what we've been studying. Soberly, righteously, godly in this present world this very ungodly, shall I say, present world. Looking for the glorious, uh, excuse me, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works, living soberly, righteously, and godly. I believe that this is probably one of the most important series of messages that I have ever brought, especially on Wednesday evening, because this is a kind of life that God has called us to live, a life soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. But in order to do that, we have to develop certain disciplines. Disciplines are not easy, otherwise they wouldn't be called disciplines. Disciplines are hard in the physical realm, aren't they? Coming to church is a discipline, as the manner of some is, the habit of coming to church. So as disciplines are difficult in the physical realm, they're even more difficult in the spiritual realm because Satan is fighting us all the way. I have 102 slides tonight. Take a gulp, as we are really going to move quickly here. Um, I'm going to do my best to get you out of here by probably f- 5 or maybe 10 after tonight. I um, guess I should probably turn this on, right? There we go. So there's a passage of Scripture that we've just considered. That has been our text, and now we're going to do our review. We've been off for a couple weeks, okay? When, we've, when we finished a couple weeks ago, we were right in, in the middle of talking about giving, how giving needs to be a discipline, a godly discipline in our lives. And so we're going to come back to that tonight. So living a godly life in a very ungodly world puts you into a relationship with God that most of his children do not have. I mean, just stop and think about it. How many of God's children are really giving themselves to living a godly life? But look at what it says here. But, uh, but know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. So there's a special relationship that God will have with those who have purposed to live a godly life and develop these disciplines. We talked about the pursuit of what? Holiness. Are you pursuing holiness in your life? We talked about the pursuit of sanctification. Are you pursuing sanctification? Do you even know what it is? Are you pursuing a life of surrender? You know, we sing that song, all to Jesus, I what? Really? Is that true? All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all, the song ends. Is it possible to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present evil world? Yes, it is. If we develop these disciplines, if these disciplines become a habit in our lives. Again, we're we're reviewing all this. That's why I'm going so quickly. 
We talked about the discipline of prayer, having a life lived in prayer. We talked about the discipline of faith, living by faith. Without it, we cannot even please the Lord. We talked about living a life of meditation on God's word. We talked about living a life of obedience to the Lord. I love this statement by Charles Stanley, obey God and leave all the consequences to him. We talked about living a life of the filling of the Holy Spirit. I spent a lot of time on this. I, I teach on the filling of the Holy Spirit all the time. But even though I teach on it all the time and emphasize it all the time in my messages, I wonder how many of you tonight could tell someone else how to live a spirit-filled life and what is required for that. One of the evidences of a spirit-filled life is you will manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Say it with me. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. Some of you couldn't even state the fruit of the Spirit. This is our Wednesday night crowd. I won't expect the Sunday morning crowd, but I really would expect the Wednesday night crowd to be able to list the fruits of the Spirit. So the evidence of a Spirit-filled life is the fruit of the Spirit. Second is that you'll be using your spiritual gifts. Now, remember, Peter broke the spiritual gifts down into two categories. There are the speaking gifts and the serving gifts. And we looked at the seven motivational gifts that are given to us by who? Jesus Christ. When he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts, spiritual gifts, grace gifts unto men. And so we saw there's the gift of prophet, the gift of server, the gift of teacher, the gift of exhorter, the gift of giver. We're going to talk about giving tonight the gift of organization, and the gift of mercy. <clears throat> now, we're going to tonight continue to talk about giving, but half of it's going to be a review. And then we'll get into the new material. So number six discipline that we need to have in our lives is living a life of giving to God and giving to others. So let's do a review of where we were a couple weeks ago in this area of giving. Now, to do this, how many have ever skipped stones? Some of you have not skipped stones. I grew up on Lake Superior. We skipped stones all the time, all right? That was fun to see how many times you could skip a stone across the water. But if you've never skipped a stone, we're going to skip tonight real quickly to get to our new material here. But we saw already in our series that as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have some wonderful promises that are given to us concerning giving. Give and it shall be what? Given you, pressed down, shaken together, so shall men give to your bosom. When I think of this, I think of ladies going to a garage sale where it's stuff as much in a bag as you can for a dollar. How many of you ladies ever been to a garage sale like that? I know Pansy's been there. And I bet you Pansy's probably the queen of, of getting the most into the bag that she can possibly get. Am I right there, Pansy? Mm-hmm. She's stuffing it in. You know what? This is what the Lord said he'll do to us if we just be generous givers. Give and it shall be given unto you. What? Press down, shake it together. So shall men give to your bosom. <clears throat> Every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him what, church? Give. Not under pressure, not under obligation, 
Not to give grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a what kind of giver? Cheerful giver. One of the reasons I love to watch the kids come up Sunday and put their offering in the faith promise is they are all having the time of their life. They have the biggest smiles on their faces. They're so happy to give. They love doing it. And the same emotions that these children have are the same that we should have. Amen. When we give unto the Lord, it, it should be a joyous experience to give to him for all the what he has done for us. We know the verse, lay up not for yourselves treasures upon what? Earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. How do you lay up treasures in heaven? How do you do that? Listen, we're going to spend eternity there. We're only going to spend a few years here in this life. Our life is but a vapor. It appears for a little season and then it vanisheth away. And that little bleep on the screen is nothing compared to eternity. How many times have I shared with you the dot and the line? We're just a little dot on the page, but the line goes on and on and on and on and on and on and never ends. So how do we lay up eternal treasures in heaven? We invest in God's kingdom. And I want to tell you something. As you invest in God's kingdom, God takes that and turns it around and he blesses you in yours. It's an amazing thing. Seek ye what? First. Seek ye first. If we could, I guess we could, but we probably shouldn't. But if we could go around to each and every one of us tonight and say, I want you to be absolutely honest with the church family tonight. Do you seek first the kingdom of God? Do you seek first the kingdom of God? And go right down. I wonder how many of us could honestly say, I seek first the kingdom of God and then his righteousness. But what's the promise? This is like a secret that is kept from the heart and mind of most Christians. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these what? Okay, what are all the things? Now what are all the things in the context? All the things that the Gentiles seek after. Gentiles referring to the unbelievers. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that the world seeks after shall be given unto you. Remember, what did that picture illustrate? What parable? The parable of the talents. The master went away. He gave to his servants a certain amount of money to invest in his kingdom, told them he would be back. Did he tell them when he would be back? He just said, I'm going on a long journey and one day I'll return. And when I return, I will take an account of your stewardship. Two of them invested very wisely in the kingdom of their master. And they were greatly rewarded, weren't they? What did the other one do? It has just the one there. What did he do? He buried it, didn't do anything with it, and was strongly rebuked. 
I wonder when we stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ if we will be greatly rewarded for eternity as to how we have handled his resources or we'll be like that servant, greatly rebuked. To whom much is given, what? Much is required. The more you have, the more you're going to give an account for. The tithe. Seek ye what? First. What's the first bill you pay every week? And who do you pay that to? You pay it to the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Will a man rob God? Answer? I'm not going to ask you to show your hands. But if I did, he said, be really honest, how many of you have ever robbed God? Probably all our hands would go up. Will a man rob God? Oh, absolutely. Remember Pew Research said only 10 to 15% of Christians tithe. That means there's a lot of Christians robbing God. Will the man rob God? <clears throat> oh, yes, you've robbed me in your tithes and what? Offerings. Offerings. We'll get to that here in just a minute. So right now is just reviewing the tithe thing. Bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. What is the storehouse? Church. It's the church, not a parachurch ministry. That's where a lot of Christians are throwing their money to is parachurch ministries. No, I believe giving needs to go through the local church. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now here. Matter of fact, this is the only area that God says we can put him to the test in. Otherwise, he said, don't put me to the test. But we can put him to the test in this area. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out to you a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer. I will rebuke the devourer. Boy, there's a lot of things that can devour our resources. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before its time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. I like, I'm saying this, God says. I'm attaching that promise. <clears throat> Boy, wouldn't you want the windows of heaven to open up and give you a blessing? The tithe is what's called the first fruit offering. What did they do in the Old Testament as they would harvest all of their fruits. The first part went to who? It went to the Lord. Out of the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. That's the tithe. Matter of fact, it says of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. We also saw that giving is an act of what? It's an act of worship. So when the offering plate comes, the music is being played, it is an act of worship as we are giving back to the Lord. This was Abraham. Remember the story of Abraham? Again, this is still all review from a couple weeks ago. Lot is taken captive and his family is taken captive as three kings gather together and attack Sodom. Three kings and their armies. When Abraham hears what happens, he takes his servants and he goes out and he defeats these three kings and he rescues Lot and his family. 
when he comes back from that victory, he pays tithes to who? Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the king of Salem, but he was also a priest. What does Salem mean? Peace. But he was also a king. Here in Hebrews, just let me take time to read this. This is so interesting to me. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a what? Tenth. Now, this was before the law was given. So you need to understand that. Some people say, well, if you preach tithing, you're putting people under the law. Tithing was before the law. First being an interpretation, king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Now watch this. Without father, he had no father. Melchizedek had no father. How is that possible? Without mother? Without descendant, or without descent? Having neither beginning of days nor end of life? Let me ask you a question. Who does that sound like? That is Jesus Christ. That is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Abraham is paying tithe to the Lord Jesus. Having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Who is Jesus? A great high priest who ever lives to make intercession for us. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. An act of worship. The Bible says, the Lord has sworn, I will not repent. Thou art a priest. This is a messianic prophecy. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I do believe that Melchizedek, Melchizedek was a type of the Lord Jesus there in the Old Testament. So when we give, who are we giving to? We're giving to the Lord as an act of worship. Then we had giving to missions. There's, there's, there's a whole different array of giving here, okay? Giving to missions. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I'm not going to take time to go through this, uh, but that whole chapter is just full of truth concerning mission giving. Look at verse 15. As it is written, he that had gathered had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no what? Had no lack. Why? Because they were giving to missions. Has God not blessed this church for giving to missions? It's an amazing thing. Someone was just asking me this week concerning our church and how we went about paying for it. I said, we didn't, he did. I said, we never went in debt at all. We just trusted the Lord to to meet every one of our needs. And they were like dumbfounded. And then, then they said to me, they said, well, I'll tell you what, our church is head over heels in debt. Tell you for a church to be head over heels in debt right now with this COVID thing going on, wow, in trouble. Tenance is down, giving is down, but mission giving. Second Corinthians chapter nine, it goes from chapter eight to chapter nine. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also. This is the context of giving to missions, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. We all want our 
righteous fruit increased. Then there's special offerings. Like I said, there are a lot of different categories of giving. 547 times in the Bible it talks about offerings. And here we find it says, The children of Israel brought a what kind of offering? You could read it. Free will. A free will offering. So what is the difference between the tithe and the free will offering? Who wants to answer that? From a couple weeks ago. Phil? It's what you're what? It's what you're required. Okay. Not required. Okay. So the tithe is that first that comes out to the Lord. That's his. It belongs to him. To use that for something else is robbing God. The offerings, once your bills are paid and your needs are met and God moves on your heart to give, that's a free will offering. Okay. Uh, we took a free will offering Sunday night for that Justin and his family who was in the hospital. Okay. One of our bus kids. Uh, the offering was, the cash was 680 some dollars. You know what? There was just a handful of people here Sunday night. There was hardly anybody here Sunday night. Shame on you if you weren't here. I had to throw that. That was free. That was a free shame. Okay. But just a handful of people that were here Sunday night, 600, yeah, 688, something like that. And then there were two checks that came in. I don't know what those were. Jim wasn't here, so we couldn't write a check to the family. We'll get that money to them. But that was the free will, right? That wasn't the tithe. That was the free will offering that was there. <clears throat> in Old Testament law, you had seven different feasts, and each one of them had an offering attached to it. And notice what it says here. All your what? It's highlighted in, in yellow. All your free will offerings. Okay? So the free will. As I mentioned this, Pew Research, only 10, only 10 to 15% of church members tithe. That's a shame. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in What? Uncertain riches. Why, why do they call them uncertain riches? Because they make themselves wings like eagles and they fly away. Think about, think about Larry right now who has saved all of their lives for his retirement. And this clinic is going to cost them $17,000 a month just for the treatments. Do you know what, what do you have that cannot be taken from you? In a moment. I'll never, I've shared this with you before, but I will never forget. Back in 08, met one of my friends uh, down in uh, Polly's and seriously looked like he, had, he was so sad. And I said his name. I said, what, what's the matter? Because he's usually a pretty upbeat guy. I said, what's the matter? He just said, I just lost over $200,000 in the stock market. be gone like that but in the living God we don't trust in riches but in the living God which giveth us richly all things to enjoy why because he's a good God that they that do good and they might be rich in good works ready to what distribute 
free will, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Storing up treasures in heaven. So I put the eagle up there, I put the bag with holes, and there's the verses. Wilt thou set thine eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe, but ye... But there is none warm, and he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put them into a bag with holes. Especially when you're in debt. Then there's the building fund. We're looking forward to building a building here in the near future. Haggai. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for ye, O ye, to dwell in sealed houses or completed homes? And this house lie waste, the temple had lied waste for ten years. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain, bring the wood, build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. David the king said in all the congregation, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good. And then he tells all the things that he had given, and then all the things that the, that the fathers had given, and the leaders of the tribes of Israel had given, they gave it willingly. Then the people rejoiced, for they offered willingly, because with a perfect heart, they offered willingly to the Lord. Now, the review is over. Of course, you all remembered all that stuff from a couple weeks ago. Debbie said she remembered it all. Okay? Now tonight, giving to those in need. But whosoever hath this world's goods. How many here have some of worldly goods? But whosoever hath this world's goods and seeth his brother hath need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion. Obviously you're being touched by the Holy Spirit to give to help this person. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word nor in deed. But indeed, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to what? Give, Give than to receive. Really? Is that true of you? That you love giving more than you do receiving? Sell that ye have, the teachings of Jesus, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old. Put it into a bag with holes. A treasure's in heaven that fadeth not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupteth, and where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
I wonder if we could see the ledger in your checkbook or your credit card report. I mean, seriously, if we could take yours, your ledger in your checkbook or your credit card report and put it up here on the screen for every one of us to look at, what would that indicate? Would indicate where your heart is. That's pretty sobering. The liberal soul shall be made fat. I like that verse. The liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Again, you have these promises over and over and over again in Scripture. All right. I've been doing this ministry for almost 40 years. During that time, I've had countless numbers of people come in and sit down with financial problems. This is the truth. Every single one of them, when I ask them this question, do you tithe, guess what their answer is? I have never... Now, that may not be true for another pastor. I'm just saying for me. For me. I have never had a person come into my office and sit down with financial issues that tithed. Giving out of love. What motivates you to give? For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave. Now I want you to think, I know I'm saying some pretty strong things tonight. I, I got it. But in our culture, I think they need to be said. By not giving, we are really demonstrating that we don't love the Lord. We don't trust Him. And that our focus is on who? Is that true or not? It's true. Hope it's not true of you or me, but, but that's true. Look not every man on his own things. Which, honestly, it's very hard not to do that. <laughs> Look not every man on his own things, but every man also upon the things of others. Now, this is what's called the mind of Christ. Back earlier this year, we had the young couples out to our house. Such a blessing. We got the most awesome young people in our church. Raising their families up. There was a bunch of us there. Not us, them. I'm not in that group anymore. <laughs> Pam and Bryant, I think you're kind of... Mm. <laughs> and so Isaac asked me to give the devotional. This was, this was the passage of Scripture that the Lord put on my heart to challenge our young couples with. We were down around the fire and just having a good time. 
Paul said, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded. Let's all have this mind. What's the mind? The mind of Christ. Having the same love, giving out of love, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Boy, that would, that would end all these church problems, all these uh, church splits. Huh? Aren't you glad what we're going on 22 years? We've not had any division or splits or anything like that in the church? That's pretty amazing. Okay? Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, a humble mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a what? Servant and was made in the likeness of men. The mind of Christ. That servant mind. How could I serve you? How can I help you? How can I help meet that need? Pam, the Lord put on your heart to get a care package ready for Greg. Greg's one of our mentally handicapped uh, men in our church who hasn't been to church for months now because he's in a home and COVID, and I understand that. You know, I understand how that could just go right through that home if someone came in with COVID. So I, I got it. I understand that. But I'll tell you, Greg misses us. And we miss Greg. The highlight of his week is to come to church. And so Pam was moved by the Lord to say, let's get some things together and we'll get him over there. And that's what that toad is in the back there. If you have something you want to give to Greg, he loves Mountain Dew. <laughs> you give him a two-liter Mountain Dew, he died and went to heaven. Okay? What's that? Chips. Chips, cookies, whatever. Loves ties. He's got like 300 ties. He loves them. All right. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Sad to say that's not always our mind, is it? We're looking out for ourselves. Wow. How different would this world be if we had the mind of Christ? How different would our churches be? How different would our families be? Could you imagine that? That would just eliminate almost every one of my counseling sessions right there. Let this mind be in you. A new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. Giving out of love. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. You know, the thing that should characterize our church by the unbelievers, man, they really love each other up there on the hill. And it's really a loving church. And I think we are. I think we are. Let all things be done with what? Isn't it interesting that love is translated charity? Because what is charity? It's giving. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. Giving. 
And there is that withholdeth more than is meet. But it tendeth to what? Give, and it shall be given you. Anne Frank. How many know who Anne Frank is? How many have ever read her diaries? I think she had three diaries put into books. You've read her diaries? She died in a concentration camp at the age of 15. 15! Her impact on the world cannot be measured. And this is what she said. This little Jewish girl said this. No one has ever become poor by giving. You know, when she said that, she was in a prison camp. She was in a concentration camp. Giving in love, giving in faith. When your faith is increased, that we should be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel to the regions beyond. So we call it faith promise missions, right? Faith is a grain of a what? You know what that says? You've got to start somewhere. Where do you start? Where do you start? Tithing. That's where you start. That's the mustard seed. But without faith, it's what? Possible to please him. Our giving, obviously, should please him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The just shall live by faith. When is the last time you gave by faith? You gave out of love, gave by faith. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the what? Will he lead you even in your giving? Praise the Lord, our currency still says this. But this is what I want to ask you. Do we? Can you believe it? In God, we trust? Do you believe it? He that is faithful in that which is least. We're talking about money here in the context. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in what? So money is a test. You know why God doesn't give some of us more? He can't trust us. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust also and much. It's a spiritual test. Are you passing that spiritual test of how you use your money? Then there's sacrificial giving. Of course, this ties right in with faith, right? This ties in the faith giving. Sacrificial giving, I like what it says here, isn't giving a portion out of an abundance. There's a story about that in the Bible, right? 
The Pharisees were casting into the treasury lots of money, right? Now, there's probably no one here that could sit down and write a $10,000 check and put it in the building fund. If there is, we'll take it. That will really help the decision that we're going to make tomorrow night. But you know what? There are in some churches individuals that could sit down and write a $100,000 check and it would mean very little to them. Very little. Wouldn't be a sacrifice at all. How come we don't attract those kind of people? What's the deal here? Huh? Oh, is that why? But then came this widow. What an amazing story. Just think, she is remembered. No one could care less about those self-righteous Pharisees. But she has been honored through the generations. Listen to what it says there at the bottom. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Do you think God could do more with that widow's two might than he could do with all that those Pharisees cast in? Absolutely. What an amazing story. David said this, And the king, David, said, Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God, now watch this, of that which cost me what? Nothing. David said, When I give, I'm going to give sacrificially. open hands not closed when it comes to giving does God have to <laughs> pry your fingers off of your resources I hope not then there's what's called the seed offering sowing for a harvest planting and harvesting you know, the Bible does talk about our giving as being a seed planted that can bring forth a harvest. But this I say, he which soweth, soweth, talking about money, soweth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully, shall reap also bountifully. Now, this is, what I'm teaching right here is what the televangelists preach on all the time. You send me $100 and God will send you the $1,000. Right? You hear it all the time. Don't listen to those crazy people. All right? But this is an aspect of giving. And sow the fields and plant the vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you shall find it after what? Many days. God's going to return that back. There is he that scattereth, and yet what? Increaseth. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand, for thou knowest not whether, uh, whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be a light good. You don't know. So you just give and let the Lord take care of it. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth what? 
much fruit. How do you lay up treasures in heaven? You give. Give the tithe, give the free will offering, give out of love, give sacrificially, give to the building fund, give to missions, give, 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 and you're laying up treasures in heaven. Where's your treasures? Where's my treasures? Now, church, this was a convicting evening, wasn't it? Convicting to me, I'm sure convicting to all of us. But what are we going to do with what God has spoken to us about tonight? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is what we've covered so far. We have looked at six godly disciplines that will produce godliness in our life. We talked about living a life of prayer, a life of faith, a life of meditation, a life of obedience, a life of filling of the Holy Spirit, a life lived of giving to God and to others. And next week, if the Lord allows us, we're going to look at a life lived in forgiveness. And then finally, a life lived in church. These eight disciplines will produce a godly life. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.